Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Yankee Stadium in New York where the Indians are in the midst of a three-game weekend series against their nemesis from the American League Division Series a year ago, the New York Yankees. Lots to get to on this week's show, including visits from Brandon Geyer, Indians outfielder, Tribe Director of Player Development, James Harris, talking about some prospects on the farm. Chris Antonetti, the Indians president of baseball operations, will stop by as well. And Carl Willis, Indians pitching coach, will hear from him too. But first we get to our week in review and a wild, wild week it has been for the Indians. We start on Monday night, the Texas Rangers in town for the first time this season at Progressive Field. And a good pitching matchup in this one, Trevor Bauer against Cole Hamels. And Bauer was racking up the strikeouts early. Here's the 0-2. And it's a breaking ball down low. He went too far. Ball got past Perez. He picks it up quickly, throws to first, in time to complete the strikeout, and the side is retired. Nine strikeouts for Bauer as he strikes out the side. The game was tied at one in the bottom half of the fifth inning. That's when Jason Kipnis stepped in and put the Indians in front. Here's the 0-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball dead center field. Going back on it to Shields, looking up. This ball bangs high off the wall. Zimmer rounding third, heading for home. Here comes the relay. He slides. He's safe. Into third is Lindor. It's an RBI double for Kipnis. And the Indians take the lead 2-1. to one. Texas tied the game at two in the top half of the seventh, but in the bottom of the inning, Jose Ramirez got that run right back. The left-hander's ready. Here it comes. Swing and a ground ball, base hit between third and short into left field. That'll put the try back on top. Jose Ramirez with an RBI single to left. 
Scores Frankie Lindor from third. Jason Kipnis moves up to second. And there's that clutch hit the Indians have been needing. They now have a three to two lead here in the seventh. The back and forth continued into the eighth inning as Texas scored two to go on top four three, but that wouldn't last long thanks to Rajay Davis. Now the one one Davis takes sail pitches high no throw to third Zimmer stays put. So no throw and now the tying run 90 feet from home Rajay Davis said you know what if I have to keep diving back into these bags somebody's paying and Rajay Davis not only does he still really run well and again remember we're talking about Rajay Davis now in his late 30s at age 37 but he's about as intelligent a base runner as there is Zimmer stayed put maybe to keep that hole open at first the pitch swung on a high topper by the mound off the glove of Martin backhand and flipped to first not in time Lindor's safe with an infield hit scoring from third is Davis we're back to a 4-4 tie well credit Rajay Davis you steal third and now anything can happen and it does then it was Jose Ramirez putting the Indians in front for good. Two down in the eighth, two guys that can fly. Lindor at first, Zimmer at second. Outfield shallow, the pitch. Swung in and blasted! Deep right field! Off the top of the wall! And the score is Zimmer holding at third is Lindor and a bullet off the top of the nine-foot wall by Ramirez who has an RBI double and the Indians are back on top, five to four. And Yonder Alonso provided some much needed breathing room. The pitch. Swing and a line shot to right, and it is dropping a base hit. That'll score both Lindor and Ramirez. Yonder Alonso, in his first at bat of the night, gets a huge two out, two run single. And there's the backbreaker the Indians have been looking for. Yonder Alonso now 21 RBIs tops on the club. And the Indians have a four run rally here in the eighth and lead it seven to four. And I don't know that any of us saw this coming. <laughs> Cody Allen had come on in the eighth inning to record the final two outs and he battled to get the first two outs in the ninth. But at 41 pitches and one run in, Tribe manager Terry Francona decided that was more than enough for his closer, so he went with left-hander Jeff Beliveau to face the left-handed swinging Joey Gallo, one of the top home run hitters in all of baseball, and Beliveau, just up from AAA Columbus, got the job done. Now the payoff pitch to Gallo. Here it comes. Strike three called! Ball game! He stunned Gallo with a fastball on the outside corner. How about that? And the second major league save for Jeff Beliveau, his first in four years. What a wild one tonight. And there's got to be a full moon. Final Cleveland seven and Texas five. And the next day we had a chance to talk with Jeff Beliveau on Indians warm up, and he talked about being ready for any situation that might come up. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, you got to be ready for any situation. Um, 
since from the fir first pitch on, like you don't know if someone's gonna, you know, come out of the game or you know we're kind of kind of always on alert down there um, in case something happens, in case a guy throws too many pitches in an inning. Uh, just you never really know the situation, and you know, no matter how long you play this game, you see something new happen every every day. And to give you an idea of what kind of week it was for the Indians, Beliveau with that save early in the week. By the end of the week, after a difficult outing in the doubleheader on Thursday, he was designated for assignment. Now Tuesday, an 8-6 to six loss to the Rangers in 12 innings. Tough one for the Tribe, but another wild game. Texas was in control after a four-run seventh inning. They were leading 6 nothing. But as we see so often with the Indians, they just don't quit. Down by four in the bottom of the ninth. One swing of the bat from Michael Brantley changed the complexion of the game. Brantley, square stance, so still at the plate. Now the two-strike pitch. Swing and a drive! Deep right field! Away back! first ever Grand Slam. And the double play that was in turn and a hanging curveball has turned what looked to be a sure defeat into a 6-6 tie. However, Texas got two solo home runs in the 12th inning, including the game winner from Gallo, and they won it by an 8-6 to six final. On to Wednesday, the Wild Series against the Rangers concluded, and it was a lot of offense and a lot of Corey Kluber for the Tribe. The wind was blowing out at Progressive Field, and the Tribe bats went wild all day long. Already up one nothing in the first inning, Edwin Encarnacion began what would be a monster day for him. Moore's pitch, a swing and a high drive, deep left field, it is gone! Halfway up the bleachers, Edwin Encarnacion with a mammoth three-run home run to the bleachers in left. First delivery, a swing and a fly ball, well hit, deep right center field, near the wall, goal! Texas won. The next pitch hammered. Deep left. There she goes. The third three homer game in the career of Edwin Encarnacion. He blistered one to left. And the Indians lead it 12 to 4. And the Parrot needs oxygen. It's taken so many trips around the bases. So the Indians were in control most of the game, and in the eighth inning, Francisco Lindor, well, he got in on the act. Now the pitch swung on, hammered high, deep to right center, way out of here. Into the bullpens, Francisco Lindor. I don't know if he's ever hit a ball further in his life. 
Tell you what, he almost got that beyond the bullpens out of the concourse area looking down into the pens. Frankie Lindor's third hit, his fifth home run. And the Indians lead it 11 to four. Oh my goodness, did Lindor tee off. Next day on Indians warm-up, Terry Francona talking with Tom Hamilton. Well, they discussed Edwin Encarnacion heating up. I don't know. I may be misreading this, but from where we're sitting up above, it looked like he was intent on hitting a home run in that final at bat, and he knew he was going to hit a home run. I would say he's one of the few guys. I mean, there's some guys in this league that are pretty special. When they get in that zone, they can pretty much take any pitch as long as it's up enough and get up under it and hit it out and especially on a day like yesterday when it was a great day to hit I thought Kluber did a really good job they threw seven left-hand hitters at him the wind was gale on the right and he gave them three solo homers but there was nobody on base he didn't give up a bunch of hits and not a bunch of walks and he kept it under control when we come back, it was a long, wet, soggy day at Progressive Field, and that would not slow down the Indians' bats in a marathon day of baseball on Thursday against the Blue Jays. We'll fill you in on a wild doubleheader when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. I wrote this next song for a gal from Cheyenne. She'd never have told her how Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats. She said if they could love her pooch as much as she did, then so could I. Well, I couldn't. This next song's called Cat Person. It was a rough, rough night in Wyoming. The cat was out of the bag. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Yankee Stadium in New York where the Indians are taking on the Yankees this weekend. Doubleheader Thursday for the Tribe against the Blue Jays. And a long day it was. A two-hour rain delay at the start. And then game one was almost five hours. It went into 11 innings. Blue Jays eventually won that game by a final score of 13-11 to when Jan Hervis Salarte hit a tie-breaking grand slam in the 11th inning, and the Indians just could not overcome it. But in the nightcap, it was a 12-4 win for the Tribe to earn a split with the Jays, and in Game 2, the Tribe bats were at it again. Game tied at 2 in the 5th when Jose Ramirez got the big inning started. Ramirez, the DH here in the nightcap. The 3-0 pitch to him. He swings and drives it high and deep to right. Home run, Jose Ramirez. A moonshot into the lower stands and right for Ramirez, and the Indians grab the lead for the first time tonight. Then it was red-hot Eric Gonzalez with another big base hit for the Tribe. Santos working from the stretch, delivers. There's a swing and a line drive, left center field. That gets down for a base hit. This may clear him. One run is in, Perez right behind Naquin, and Zimmer right behind Perez. They all score on a double off the bat of Eric Gonzalez. The Indians make it a six-run inning, and they now lead the Blue Jays 8-2. Next up, Francisco Lindor. Here's the pitch from Santos. Swung on, driven to left, hit well. Back on it is Smith. It's over his head. 
hits the base of the wall. That'll score Gonzalez. Lindor cruises into second with another RBI double. And it's now 9-2 Tribe. And then Ramirez, who started it all, finished the scoring in what would turn out to be a nine-run fifth inning. Here comes the payoff pitch from Santos. It's on its way. Swung on, looped to right. That's going to fall in for a base hit. Rounding third, heading for home is Lindor. He'll score. Into third goes Kipnis, and on his way to second is Ramirez with a double. Indians now lead it 10-2 on the RBI double by Ramirez. Three runs driven in in this one for Jose Ramirez. Then in the sixth, Gonzalez's big day continued. Now the 0-1. A swing and a long drive into deep left center field. It'll hit off the wall. What a day for Gonzalez. Being waved home is Zimmer. Throw to the plate, feet first slide. He is safe. And in with another RBI double is Eric Gonzalez. And with all that offense, it was in support of a young man making his first major league start, Adam Plutko. As the 26th man on a doubleheader day was up from AAA Columbus, and he picked up the tri-pitching staff in a big way. Guriel skies one to left. Foul ball near the tarp. Indians are there in the shortstop. Frankie Lindor retires Guriel. And Terry Francona has said, you know what, that's enough. Adam Plutko has done an incredible job and all kinds of congratulations on the mound. How about his effort? He is going to get his first major league win and his first major league start. And the few people that are still here are all on their feet and deservedly so for Adam Plutko. So the Indians wanted to salvage a split on the New York on Friday. Another rousing comeback as they were trailing by five runs heading in the eighth inning. Home runs from Bradley Zimmer and Jose Ramirez tied the game there, but the Yankees win it in the bottom of the ninth on a base hit by their young third baseman, Miguel Andujar. 7-6 to six the final in the series opener on Friday night. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Yankee Stadium in New York. Great to have you with us this weekend talking baseball from New York City. The Indians on a road trip that also takes them to Milwaukee before they return home Friday night to play the Kansas City Royals. Well, the Indians against left-handed pitching have had a better record this season in the early going with some good success. Brandon Geyer, one of their top right-handed hitters, trying to get things heated up at the plate, and he's had some better results of late. And we had a chance to visit with Geyer earlier in the week, and he says he feels much better now than he has in a long time. I feel good, you know, uh, really just focusing on uh, quality at-bats, and uh, I feel like lately I've been doing that and been feeling good. And obviously for anybody, the more you play, the more you see pitches, the better you're going to be. Um, but for me, um, you know, obviously my average isn't where I want it to be, but I feel like I've been making hard contact, and I've uh, been putting, like I said, quality at-bats, and that's all you can ask for. Um, and just keep doing everything else, uh, take care of the wrist, uh, take care of the body. And um, I know good things will happen in the future, not just for me, but everybody else on the team. So, yeah, good spot. And of all the injuries that I think a hitter could have, wrist seems to be kind of scary because you generate so much there. And, and how have you been able to get past that, both physically but also mentally too? 
Yeah, uh, it definitely is both physically and mentally. Um, but, you know, physically just going in the training room, working with the, the trainers we got, doing different modalities. Um, like I think I told you in spring training, I got a hyperbaric chamber, so sleeping in that. Um, doing just all different things to keep it healthy and warm it up and strong. Um, and then during the game, you know, I'll always be holding like a vibrating ball just to keep it warm, especially in the cold weather or go downstairs and take some dry swings just to keep it warm. Um, but once it gets warm, I won't have to do that. But right now, it's kind of the stuff I'm doing to keep it keep it feeling good. All right, goofy question of the day. Hyperbaric chamber or playing in conditions like Saturday when it was 41 with a wind chill, uh, what's better for you? <laughs> <laughs> better for you? I'll have to go to the chamber for sure. Um, see, I don't mind, and I, I actually love the chamber. It's very peaceful to me, and I'm not claustrophobic at all, so it's great. But, um, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. When uh, when you look at, at how things are going right now for the, the ball club, a lot of home runs, mm -hmm. but uh, trying to get that one through nine going, and, and you've been around this team long enough to know what makes them tick offensively. Uh, getting closer to, to where they need to be from what you can see? I think so. Um, kind of goes back to the quality of bats. I mean, I feel like all throughout the lineup, maybe not on one day, but you know, different days we're all having quality of bats. Uh, so it's just a matter of time until – balls will fall or everything will click together um, but that's how it goes in this game um, I know it's been a month um, been good days and good uh, good stretches but um, I think everyone's close to breaking out even more so Brandon Geyer joining us tribe outfielder uh, the NFL draft was this weekend a lot of guys talking about that uh, people may not know you played high school football and had one of the great games seven touchdowns in one game as a running back how much do you remember about that night <laughs> the night after the game that was kind of crazy no no um no it was uh the it was a day game a football game and it, it was it was fun um yeah it was just it wasn't like a blowout game or anything it was just literally like both teams were scoring and just kept going um i forget exactly what the final score was but i mean i don't know i guess it's like in uh baseball when the ball looks so big you're just in a zone that given day you know Oh, I saw the holes great. I had the right juke moves. Um, linemen did good, of course. I got to shout them out. <laughs> um, but no, it was just one of those games. It was, it was pretty cool, man. And were these uh, a mixture of long runs and, and just short yardage situations, or, or was it one or the other? Mixture. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple long runs. I don't know if there were any, like, you know, 70-plus long runs, but definitely 50 or 60. Uh, so it was a good mixture. It was, it was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot for sharing that, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. That's Indians outfielder Brandon Geyer. Also this week, we had a chance to sit down with Carl Willis, Indians pitching coach. That was before the doubleheader on Thursday. And despite the tough outing for Carlos Carrasco in game one of that doubleheader, Willis says he likes what he's seen from Carrasco throughout the young season. Well, I, I really feel like he, he's done a really good job of, of repeating his delivery. And, um, you know, that in itself is, is difficult, you know, for pitchers to do every five days. But uh, he, he's very diligent with his work uh, between starts. And, you know, his last outing, I think um, he kind of got affected a little bit by the cold weather, which is unfortunate. I mean, you know, hey, we all are playing in the same conditions and you have to overcome those things. But um seemingly his back stiffened up on him a little bit he wasn't really able to get the ball glove side as we've seen him in the past so it shortened his outing but um a good bullpen day uh 
coming into this start and, and feel like he's going to revert back to what we've seen uh, earlier in the season. I know communication is such a big key between yourself and, and all the pitchers. How important was it that he was honest about what was going on uh, to get him out of there after three innings because of, of the back issue? Well, extremely important. And, uh, you know, it's something that we talked about at the very beginning, even back in spring training in Goodyear. Um, you know, there are times that you can see when a pitcher is starting to fatigue or maybe there's a little something off, you know, physically. But there are other times because these guys are such special athletes and they know how to, you know, compensate. Um, there are times you, you can't be inside their body and know how they really feel. And, and we really, really stress with them to be honest with us, to tell us how they're feeling because – we want these guys for the long haul, for 162 regular season games and then beyond into the postseason. And, and their honesty is, is a huge part of us making the right decisions. Adam Plutko gets the start in game two. And when we saw him last year, uh, he didn't pitch much, but it sounded like a struggle for him and, and eventually had hip surgery. Uh, it sounds like he has overcome that, rehabbed well, and is throwing the ball extremely well. What are you hearing from Columbus? Yeah, all the reports that we've gotten from AAA, uh, I, I think the hip surgery has really allowed him to free his delivery up a little bit and, and to be a little more athletic, uh, not work so hard to establish the direction to home plate that that he wants to have. And, hey, you know, you, you can't argue with results. I mean, we're very process-oriented, and we want to understand how pitchers are getting the results they're getting. But his last outing in AAA, we had him on a pitch count knowing he was potentially coming to pitch this game today, um, and we didn't want him to throw, you know, over 95 pitches. He threw 95 on the button and threw seven and two-thirds perfect inning. So regardless of what level you're at, and particularly if you're in professional baseball, that's very, very difficult to do. So obviously uh, I think we're seeing him at the right time. There is a new reliever because of some of the roster shuffling that, that had to take place with all the innings, and uh, Ben Taylor is here, and you're as familiar with him as anybody on this staff here. And, and what can he bring potentially to the bullpen? Well, you know what? Ben's very aggressive. Uh, he, he attacks the strike zone. I, a little out of character for him yesterday. He actually walked the first hitter that, that he faced, and I think even in AAA he only walked one. Uh, this year and, and, and last year, as you mentioned, um, he was with me uh, in Boston for probably half the season. And, and the one thing he did do was attack the strike zone. He has a deceptive fastball that um, it doesn't play to the 95-96 velocity range, but his 92-93 seems to have the deception of a fastball with a little better velocity. Um, he's working on his secondary pitches. He's shown improvement, but I think more than anything else, he, he brings a confidence in attacking the hitters and, and making the hitter beat him, and that's what we want. You know, We don't want any free passes and make the opposition earn uh, what they get. Doubleheader today, weekend series in New York can be challenging. Has the bullpen calmed down enough where you feel good heading into this stretch of games here that everything will be okay? Well, you know, we hope so. I mean, it, it, it is difficult. This is a, a difficult stretch, and, um, you know, with the extra inning game um, against the Rangers on Tuesday, um, obviously we, we used everyone. And, um, you know, yesterday was a big help, Kluber getting through seven. But a, a doubleheader today, uh, again, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, our guys are resilient. Um, they're doing a good job. And, preparing themselves and, and kind of realizing what's ahead and monitoring their workload. So uh, hopefully we can get through today and, and feel like uh, we can go into New York with a full bullpen. All right, Carl. Thanks for the time. Yep. Thanks, Rosie.
That's Indians pitching coach Carl Willis. Stay tuned. We'll be back with our final segment of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you, the meat on that burrito ain't gonna light the candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick. If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Yankee Stadium in New York. Indians and Yankees playing a weekend series here. That means Saturday baseball at 105. Same for Sunday, a 105 first pitch as these teams wrap up the series on Sunday afternoon. Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, joined us earlier this week talking about the signing of Melky Cabrera. It happened last week. You might forget about him because he's out in Goodyear, Arizona, getting in game shape, but it won't be long before he's headed to AAA Columbus to get started in earnest, and who knows, if he shows enough down the road, he could join this ball club. And uh, Chris talked about the signing of Melky Cabrera as a player who could be helpful if he shows enough. Well, he was one of the free agents that remained available throughout the course of the winter, and we try to stay on top of those guys and see, in the event we have a need, uh, who we could sign to bring in and potentially add some depth. And in Melky's case, he was a guy that was on our radar. We know him well from the division, but... We also, Edwin Encarnacion also kind of kept reminding us about him, that he was out there and, and would have a lot of interest in joining our organization. And um, at that point, we went, watched him work out in Tampa, saw him do some baseball movements. You know, he took batting practice, fielded balls in the outfield, did some agility work, and we were encouraged by what we saw and, and felt it was worthwhile to bring him into the organization. And is that something that will be ongoing with, with still some free agents out there who, who may be looking to get back in at some point this season? We'll always keep our eyes open, and you know, now it gets a little bit more difficult for those guys to sign. The more time that passes, the more difficult it is for them to get in baseball-ready shape. But I give Melky a lot of credit. By all indications, he put a lot of work in this offseason and stayed consistent with it. And the early reports out of Goodyear are very good and that he's in a very good spot and should be in a position to move to Columbus here shortly. Chris Antonetti joining us on the warm-up show. And Chris, changing gears a little bit. Michael Brantley uh, having his usual season and maybe even better. What are, you, what are you seeing in terms of growth from him, even at this stage of his career, which has been really good so far? It's been great to see Michael pick up where he's, he's left off when he's a healthy player, and that's a, a guy that gives us consistent at-bats, controls the strike zone well, puts the ball in play, and is a really productive player. And Michael deserves a lot of credit for the work that he continues to put in, not only through the rehab process, but each day to prepare to be successful. And we talk about a lot of things that are important for us organizationally and what we seek in our players. And Michael embodies all those with the type of teammate that he is, the work ethic, the way he prepares, the way he cares about the organization. And it, everyone's really excited to see the success he's having. So that's the current version of Michael Brantley, which is really good. When you identified him as a potential piece to acquire via a trade, this is back in 2008, C.C. Sabathia is on the market, and, and you're talking with the Brewers. What made Michael Brantley stand out then as a very young player? I think some of those same attributes and the fact that 
at that point, he had demonstrated a lot of power, but he was a guy that hit for a high average, controlled the strike zone, very rarely swung and missed. And I think our evaluators felt that given his body, he would grow into some more strength. And if he was able to maintain that same type of offensive approach and then add some power to it, we felt he could be a productive major league player. And uh, we're really thankful we were able to, to bring him into the organization because he's been a centerpiece for us for the really since the time he's been here. And as the son of a former major league player and major league coach, do you see that, some of the, the attributes of that as he's gone along here in the organization? Absolutely. I think Michael's perfectly at home in the clubhouse, and he understands what it means to be a professional. And Mickey, his father, it's clear how much of an impact he's had on Michael and, and, and does to this day. He's still a common uh, presence around our team, whether that's in spring training or at different points during the season, continuing to help Michael along in his career. But that professionalism certainly stands out. All right, Chris, thanks so much for the insight. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rosie. That's Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti. We also had a chance to visit with the Tribe's Director of Player Development, James Harris, earlier this week, the weekly farm report. And James was down in the Dominican Republic where the Indians have a facility there for the youngest of the young in their minor league system. And he fills us in on some of the things that he saw on his latest visit. Yeah, Dominican spring training is, is just starting. Uh, we have players there between the ages of 16 and about 19 years old. And those guys are starting spring training the same way that our older players did back in February, and so they're just getting ready for their season that'll occur in June. You mentioned it. you have players there as young as 16 years of age, and obviously there, there has to be some vision as to what they could be. What do you see now that, that leads you to believe in, in some of them that they could turn out to be very good players as they grow into their bodies? Yeah, initially our scouts have spent a lot of time with them over the, the past year and identifying guys who fit the system and the style of play that we're looking, the type of player that we're looking for. But what you see is really athletic players with, who who can gain strength and can get, get better over time, but right now they, they are guys who, who put bat to ball, who are athletic and, and really good defensively. So we think that that plays no matter how old you are. When you look at the Dominican Republic, I know you're trying to get the best facilities as possible. What's the current facility and how close are you to moving in to a brand new facility? Well, the current facility is in Boca Chica. We've been in, been in there for a couple of years, but we're really excited about the new facility that'll hopefully make its debut by the time the DSL season starts in, in June. Um, we're really excited to put a lot of thought into what what you would need to be the best place to develop athletes in in the world, and we feel like we have all the tools there to help us in that in that cause. And when you look at at players who are there, they they start their pro careers there. How do you know when it's the right time to, to bring them over to the States and, and get them into Arizona and the Goodyear complex? Yeah, I wish I had the answer to that. <laughs> no, I think the, the, one of the, the things that they have is like if you grew up in a country and you're close to home and you're only 16 years old, you have to be ready mentally as well as physically. So just being able to, to be mature enough to handle your own business and be a pro is number one. And number two, being able to have the skills and to compete at that level. So we don't want to move a guy to the United States and have him be just not not have opportunities to play. We want him to be able to compete at that level. So as they develop their skills and as they're ready to, to, to manage their own lives and come in and train every single day, um, then once they have those two things, we're, we're ready to move them over. How much of a component is at least some level of a command of the English language? Does that come into play at all, or do you wait till they get here? Well, we have English classes both in the, in the DR as well as 
as Arizona because we feel it's important. We know that if if a player can speak English, he can get access to coaching from all of our coaches, um, not just ones that speak Spanish. And likewise, with our coaches, we feel if they can speak Spanish, they, they have the ability to impact all of our players. So it's really important that both sides are working towards a common language that we can communicate because communication is our key to transfer that knowledge. James Harris joining us, the Indians Director of Player Development. A lot of weeks we'll focus on a particular level in the Indians farm system and go over several different players, but uh, this week wanted to, to focus on just one, maybe two. But uh, Shane Bieber has made a move from AA to the AAA level after a tremendous start on the mound with Akron. Uh, what did you see during his starts there that said, hey, he needs to be a AAA to, to really continue? Well, he started off this year where he left off last year. I mean, he's a mature guy who's a, who's a strike thrower, and he competes on the mound. And he's, he did that uh, last year in Lake County, Lynchburg, and Akron. And this year he, he picked up and doing it in Akron again, and we're, he's looking for that next challenge. So hopefully um, he'll continue his path of development. There's still some work in there that, that needs to, as he develops uh, another one of his pitches. So, but, I mean, we, we feel that he's, he's put in the work and has been successful. That's Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris, talking about a variety of subjects dealing with the Indians' farm system. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. We will join you once again next weekend when the team is back home taking on the Kansas City Royals at Progressive Field. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.